Okay, so I wanted to talk briefly about, uh, again, the concept of leadership development or apprenticeship model of developing other leaders. And this is a little bit new because what it means is taking one of the tasks that you do and looking at the people around you in your ministry or in your life or the way that lives overlap here at Liberty and identifying in, uh, in those people that thing that you do and inviting them to watch you do it and think about it and have some feedback afterwards. And then the very next time that you do that thing, have them do it. And you sit back and you consider what they're doing and you give them feedback. And then they've done that one thing. So, for example, I think where it's really difficult for us, you know, we're we're giving away our time. We're tired. A lot of us are exhausted. Some of us aren't as plugged in as we want to. Others have too many relationships and are too plugged in or overplugged in. And so there's all sort of range of where we're at in leadership. But it's possible to take the home meetings, for example and home meeting leadership, and think about home meeting leadership as this big gargantuan thing. Say, whoa, I don't, you know, I'm not equipped. You know, Phil said, I'm not equipped, right? But it is much more possible, it's much more doable to look at a task like that and look around you in your home meeting and say, you know what, I've noticed so-and-so. And each week when they talk and we have our discussion, they really put people at ease. They'd make a great facilitator. Just tell them that. Tell them that and invite them along. Say, you know what, I'd love for you to just shadow me as I facilitate one week. Have in the back of your mind what I'm doing. Ask questions about it. Tell me about things you found insightful. Ask questions about things you had questions about. We'll talk about it over coffee or a beer or whatever. And then the next week, I want you to do the same thing. And I'm going to be back. I'll have your back. I'll be in the background. I'll be paying attention in my mind uh, what you're doing and how you're doing it. And I'll give you feedback afterwards. We'll do the same thing. And by then... The facilitating part will be out of the way, and that's a mainstay of leadership. So it's not thinking of home meeting leader. It's thinking about discernible, small tasks that you can pass away and give away. And you're fitting those tasks with people around you that you see are gifted. Now, that's a little bit different than what we're used to. Um, One of the things we're doing in worship now is we've added a, it's a small nuance, but we've added it. It's a common cup that's available at the front, and I can serve people from a common cup. So, for example, we had, there's a, I won't get into it here, but there's a discussion in our denomination about dipping the bread into the cup versus drinking the wine. And uh, our presbytery didn't vote that that restriction would pass. There was a discussion about whether we would have to change our practice. So it was voted out that we wouldn't have to change our practice. However, we're part of a community, and we're part of a, a vital and rich community of other pastors and other churches here in the city. And for some of those guys, it bothers their consciences that, that we don't have a cup to drink from or haven't up until this point. And I, uh, to, to extend matters further, there was a friend from another tradition of Christianity, a broader tradition, uh, an older tradition, um, about the same age, I guess, if you think about it historically. But he came and he tore off a piece of bread and he ate it. And then he went to take the cup to drink from it. And the, the person serving him said, no, we don't do that here, right? But... And so he, he just tore off another piece of bread and he dipped it and he was fine. But the point is, is that we're, we're making that change to be um, good brothers and sisters and good members of our community, our Christian community, both here locally and more broadly. And so it's available. If you want to drink from the cup, you can. I'm going to announce it each week. It's, just a, it's a way to show hospitality, something we're commanded to do, and it's important. And we don't want to bind anyone's conscience as they come into worship. Now... 
That takes logistics. It means another cup up front, right? You don't want to be drinking from the same cup that people are dipping their, uh, their gluten-free things into and getting crumbs into it, and then you're taking a sip of that. It's pretty gross. So you get another cup, but what does that take? Well, that takes Rachel explaining to the captain of that team, uh, look, this is what I want you to do, and this is how I want you to do it, and and she models for that person. Now, here's the crucial part. When somebody takes time to show you, or you take somebody time to show somebody else, don't let them fall back then and resort to email. So it's it's not appropriate, for example, Rachel, to show how the new cup is set up here at the table, right? And for then that person to say, okay, I'll email the rest of the team. No, that get, that's not getting at what we're talking about. And it's new for us. We are thinking about each other in person, personally. And we're thinking about the tasks that we do. And we're, we're understanding how a person's gifts meet those tasks. And we're giving them a chance to develop them in real time. So that's all I want to say about that. But I wanted to give us time for Q&A because as I've talked with some of you, there are questions that come up. Well, what about my ministry? Certainly you can't mean my ministry because it has this part and this part is really complicated or this part is overly simple. So let's talk about it. Let's hear where we're coming from. We have a mic that we can pass around. um, And let's have a a few moments of Q&A about this and how to work this in to our life, our warp and our woof of uh, ministry together as we develop other leaders around us. Remember, Phil talked about feeling isolated and like he, he wanted to get plugged in and he didn't quite know how. When we develop other leaders like this, we're making room for other people to experience some of the splendor of community in Christ that we've been able to experience ourselves. All right? We want to open that up to folks who are coming in. So let's, do, let's think about how to do that together. So, where, Stephen, where's the mic? So there's a mic here. It's ready to go questions, thoughts, concerns, insights. Let's take some time. It's very vital that we hear one another because there's, there's a certain, you know, like we're big enough now that there will be certain people who are experiencing one thing, but other people aren't experiencing that. So to be able to hear those concerns with one another, it's good and we can address them together and begin to solve some of those issues together. What gives you fear and trepidation when you look around at the relationships you have in your life and think, okay, I have to identify their gifts distinctively and help them get plugged into ministry specifically? Or any number of other ways that you might want to come at that topic. I think one thing that's been hard for the deacons <clears throat> is that we have identified those people, yeah. and usually those people are also involved in lots of other kind of leadership situations, um, and there's just the time commitment yeah. um, that can't happen, and that's understandable, but I think, too, that happens with other people we identify, just that kind of, well, how much time is it going to take, which is an understandable concern. Um, but I guess how do we like frame this coming alongside and lead with me as I lead and also address that kind of concern of time commitment and mm-hmm. all that? Because mm-hmm. it seems kind of muddled, especially in the deacons. It's care cases can be time consuming and they can take a lot of energy. So just. That's good. Can I ask you to pass the microphone to Chad? Are you. Is Chad here? Chad. 
We had a we had an in covenant member interview, and you brought a, uh, a deacon in training, soon to be deacon in training, with you to experience that. You want to tell us a little bit about what your thoughts were? And I think they're pretty simple. You don't have to be elaborate. The, um, yeah. So <laughs> I brought somebody with us, and we all sat there, and we just kind of did it. <laughs> It, it was that simple, and it was, ju- it was actually just that meeting, and Chad coordinated it, and she's not tasked with any of the other duties right now. She came along with on one specific function, and that could be as simple as an email phone call like cycle where she's rotated in on that. It doesn't have to be the full weight of it yet, because one of the things we do, we do want to respect the load that one another carries, and we want there to be responsible pulling back if we're, you know, if we're pairing our gifts for use and stewardship in one area, we, d- we definitely need to be wise stewards and, and pull back from others. Um, so that's a longer conversation, but both are happening at the same time. It doesn't take a ton of commitment to do one-offs like that for specific tasks over time, right? Other thoughts? Questions and concerns? We're talking about modeling leadership so that people can get involved faster. That's the, that's the bottom line. Um, just, I guess, it's partially hypothetical, but partially a, a, a real situation in our home meeting. Um, what happens, especially in home meeting, when you have a... Most of the members of our home meeting are from Liberty. Yeah. But not all. Okay. So what happens if you identify an individual who's very good at, at sharing and who may be a very good facilitator and leader... They're active in their own church, but it's not liberty mm-hmm. on that level. Do we want to incorporate them somehow, or do we say, well, you have to be an in-covenant member because this is a liberty ministry? So, you yeah. know, as a question there. I get you. I think it's both. You know, it's not, it, yes, we want to incorporate them somehow, but no, the, you know, the, the home meeting role, you have to be an in-covenant member to lead a home meeting. And that was a decision made a long time ago by the elders before I even got here. And that's good and right because one of the vows that we heard today for the, for the in-covenant members is the promise to submit to the, uh, the rule and authority and discipline of the elders. And in the in-covenant retreat, one of the things we unpack there is that that means um, submitting to that authority and discipline process even if you're in disagreement. So in other words, you can't just leave liberty and say, oh, I'm in disagreement, so I'm going to go be in covenant somewhere else. No, you have to finish the process. The the Bible prescribes that. The problem with the biblical means for discipline and uh, pursuing people in need of care and help and specific help in that way is that if they're not in covenant, there's no right of the elders to do it. They're not part of the sheepfold. We can instruct, we can, um, you know, uh, challenge and we can do, but it, there's really no, we, in the in covenant retreat, should I say this here? We called that um, backseat promise version of Christianity. You know, what's the difference between a backseat promise that I love you, backseat of a car, and uh, a wedding ceremony? And, and the difference is that there's a lot of relational ties that you have to get through if you make that covenant in front of God and his people and your friends and family than you do if you're entirely alone and just in the backseat of a car. You can get out of it much more easily then. And so the same is true with in covenant membership. So yes, involve them. Find ways to involve them. We are a welcoming community, but the, those leadership roles are, are restricted for a good and, and helpful and healthy reason. Um, question. Uh, I'm part of the finance team, 
And no yes, one on our finance team are specifically finance background folks. We all have diverse backgrounds. Um, and I think that, my, so the question is, is there a process and a plan or a strategy for uh, perfecting the ministries that we're in? So for example, like, how do we get better at doing finance and organizing finances, specifically if we don't have a, a background in finances? Yeah, yeah. Well, this, is, this comes down to leadership identity, you know, identification. Who are, the, who are the leaders in our midst who do have that background? And it may be that it's fine for the finance team to be comprised of different disciplines and vocational backgrounds and have some experience but not just be in finance themselves. But maybe some of those in our midst would be willing to tutor the finance team. Say, look, these are the things that you're looking for. Cash flow is really important, so here's how to watch that. Um, here's how to look out for... Um, building enough reserves to take care of us when we get in trouble, but not too much so that we get lazy and lethargic. Here are, you know, and what does it, what does it, t- it's engaging the gifts of the body who are specifically focused there, you know, and working together to make that happen well. But we need to know one another that way, right? We have a few people in mind, but we need to have conversations, yeah. Follow-up questions? Other thoughts? I guess just like coming off of that answer, is there any kind of plan to be able to identify in the church the different like strengths and ministries and skills that we do have? Like just thinking like program-wide, like a survey or some Mm -hmm. kind of way to be able to identify those people because I I can think of a couple people in finance, but um, I just think like church-wide, it would Mm -hmm. be really beneficial to have that like on file, like in Mm -hmm. the office somewhere where we can... And that would be awesome for the deacons to have, too. Yeah. Hannah, I'm going to need your um, input on this question. We, last leaders' meeting, we had a spiritual gift survey that was available for you to use if you've never had one and, and wanted to just sort of collaborate with the Lord, what he's doing in your life, or find out some new opportunities and areas you could serve. But it was mainly meant for you to be able to give away to others that you identify and then talk with them about. So it's a conversation point. It's a tool for you to use. That's there. The reason I asked Hannah to, uh, she's busy right now, but the reason I asked her is because I think we have that in PDF form and that can be sent. If you didn't get one last meeting, you can, you can get it. I guess I'm talking more like from the leadership, from administration, just that, you know, as a deacon, if I don't know someone who, like I'm presented with a need and I need someone uh, right. who is skilled in, I don't know, whatever it is, something, carpentry, right. like it would be great to have in the church office or have a point person who can say, this person does this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm, that's why I'm thinking church-wide. We did it a couple of years ago. We did a survey of gifts and talents and we put it into a spreadsheet and then a lot of people moved. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it just, you know, it was hard to kind of keep up with. Yeah. Um, That's so a that, fa- that sort of thing. It's a fantastic idea and one that I would love to see implemented sooner than later. The steps in that direction are more, you know, what the in covenant membership process has a sheet that people fill out with their gifts and in a way that they believe that they're gifted, right? And so we have that at the office, but there's not a real, what you're pointing at is a better database solution 
that's integrated and represents our community in the active way that it happens. When people uh, rotate out and go into a different part of life or people rotate in, it needs to be up and running. The best that we have right now, uh, given our tight budget, is a Google Doc that the elders and deeks oversee together of the home meetings and the in-covenant members of the home meetings. I think it would be possible to add another layer to that doc. Julie's putting her head hand to her eyes. Um, that would would also list the gifts that people had, you know, but you know, as a note under their name or whatever. Um, but I don't know, you know, that's right now it's labor intensive. There's not a real easy way to do that. As as we continue to as we get more people and new people who need to plug in, um, and I want them to plug in, mm-hmm. how? Whose job is that? Because <laughs> like, unless they're really proactive, yeah. more than likely they're going to wait until somebody asks them or yeah. approaches them. So how do we, do we have like a fisher, like an official fisher person who like right. goes around fishing for like, hey, right. you're good at that. Come try this. Yeah. I don't know. Not yet, uh, which is why we need to do it together. You know, I think that it's, it's a little bit like the how are we going to love Philly question. You know, if we think of that as a question then it's too big and it undoes us and we don't know how to even begin. But if we start with the question, who lives right next door to me? Then it becomes much more practical and we can start to think of exact ways that we can enter in and be a part of people's lives. So it's the same thing with leadership development. Look around you in the ministries you're already in and the people you already know. Who is it that you see around you? How has the Lord gifted them? It, at very least, one of the things we're to be about is complimenting one another, encouraging one another, catching each other doing good and saying, hey, I really saw you doing this and you're really good at that. Way to go for the Lord. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be recruitment. It can just be encouragement. Just begin with those around you. Chad, I would like to address your question too. I think that that's part of my job description, that I am a fisher, so to speak, but I'm I'm one person, and so yeah. as much as I'm able to follow up with people and meet new people that are coming in and find out what they are good at, I'm trying to do that. But like on any given Sunday morning, I think that that has to become something that we all feel responsible for. And like I think all of us as staff in different roles are trying our best to match people up as we meet new people, as we see people who um, want to serve and have opportunity. But if you meet somebody who has a skill or a, a desire or a way that they want to serve, it's very likely that I haven't met them yet or that even Scott or Hannah or anybody else hasn't. And so we have to all work together on that. Yeah. We, you've got to realize that, that our numbers, we're going to work against this and we're going to constantly fight against this. Our numbers uh, does this thing where it diffuses responsibility to take action. So we look around us and we'll see new people and we'll think automatically because we're as large as we are that somebody is welcoming them. Somebody is inviting them in and helping them to get plugged in. And it just, you can't assume that. We can't assume that. We've got to be active in being welcoming, inviting people in. Rachel and I together don't have the bandwidth to make sure that every new person is plugged in. So we need your help. That's why we need you to be proactive. That's why the home meetings are so vital. That's why the ministries and the people you connect with are so vital. Your relationships, your connections are, are the places. They're our next door neighbor, as it were of how to start to solve the problem rather than continue it. Debbie. Um, I was just curious to know, part of the in-covenant interview that uh, the elders and deacons do, are specific things asked 
about interests that the, the person has. Like, not that you would make this a commitment or, you know, a condition of becoming part of liberty, but right. to really help explore. Because for me personally, it's so hard. There's so many new people, and I tend to rub shoulders more with the people that I've known mm -hmm. and are already in multiple things or in a transition. So it's hard to identify new people if I'm not seeing them on a more regular basis to encourage them. Right. So that's what I was wondering through the In Covenant interviews. Yeah. That would be another means to try to help start getting people plugged in. So it's not all falling on Rachel right. to, to do that. That's right. Uh, the, that's already happening, but the, the problem is, is that what do we do with that information now? Um, somebody had talked to me about the idea of taking that information that the new in covenant members write down about how they're gifted and how they'd like to get plugged in and extending that to the home meeting team, that would be an efficient way to use that information. But you have to, under, you know, part of the understanding of where we're at, all of us together, is that there's no policy and procedure for anything almost, you know. So we're building this from the ground up. So it's a great idea. One of the reasons we got together that ministry notebook that Rachel was so diligent in putting that together is it's a helpful touch point for people. Now you also have a gift survey that you can hand people, right? And we have the new in covenant people, we have what they're um, gifted at and where they would like to serve. And so we're, we're starting to gather momentum there. But harnessing that as a system where we're systematically welcoming as a community the people who are new, I mean, we've sort of... The, the reality is is we are, we are a transient culture. It's one of the things that the Lord has given us. So there are new people among us whether we like it or not. This is how the Lord has wired us. So the issue isn't, oh, how do I know the new people and welcome? The issue is the new people are here. How do we help them to connect? How do we open up the doors? How do we open up the pathways for them to connect? Because one of the blockades for us to following God where he wants us to go is the fact that we can't connect people sooner. So, yes, we're focusing on that, but we have a lot of work to do yet. So, yeah. Um, I was just going to say that I think, um, this is loud, um, <laughs> what also we need to think about is the people that have been here a long time, because yeah. there's a lot of people that have been here for years and also aren't connected, so I think it's not just looking at people that are coming in, but the people that have been here That's and right. have really struggled to, to get connected, That's and right. also kind of looking at those people, like a lot of them are doing things, like they're doing things on their own, they're doing things in groups of people that they do know, and so also kind of understanding like what are people already doing that we have no idea about, and sort of um, integrating that into the larger community. Yes, that's right. And we, you know, we're going to have to spread the word. That would be the last question, because we've got to move on to our breakout groups, but uh, we have to do better at spreading the word that if somebody's in ministry, or somebody's taking a leadership initiative like that, that yes, you're part of the ministry. In fact, that you should be here at this meeting with your people that you do ministry with, you know. Um, that's why I brought out in the sermon today that there are people around here who do feel unwelcomed, who have been here for a while, who do feel isolated and alone and unplugged. We cannot assume that, you know, like we cannot, we can't be, we can't hit Sunday services afraid to say hi because somebody's been here for a while. That's just silly. You know, we can come out with savvy ways to answer the faux pas, but we need to make sure that we're connecting because there are people, you know, there, there are people here who are flourishing in the gospel in a relationship and everything is great. There really are. But there are also people here who are feeling isolated and alone and are weighed down and we're having trouble 
connecting with them or helping them get connected, you know. And so we need to we need to be extra diligent about making sure that everything we do is with a person who's looking from the outside in's view in mind. We can't have any insider moments. And that's hard because we're, we love community. We have good relationships for those of us who are flourishing. We have, we're full, right? But for those who are not flourishing, we're, we're struggling. We're isolated. We need one another. We need you. And so we need to, start, we need to be starting as part of the solution, you know, thinking about how can we reach out with those around us. Okay. Thank you. Let me, uh, let me pray us into our time. This next period is just meant for you to break up into your ministry groups. The home meetings will meet over here in the back, and we'll circle up chairs and meet with our respective elders. Other ministry groups, you know who you are, and so you can meet together. If you need me throughout the ministry meeting, just shout out my name, and I'll come over. I'll break what I'm doing and come over and talk with you and your group. Otherwise, uh, this is meant for a time for you to, do some, to reduce some of the meetings you would have monthly otherwise and to do some of the business and organizational stuff of ministry that you need to do. So let's pray for that time and break into it. Heavenly Father, thank you for this group of people who love you and are serving you and are giving their lives for you. Uh, a way to others and a way to... Um, to love you, to love others, and to love this city. We ask that you would uh, support them in that, to nourish them in that, to provide for them the resources and the, uh, the riches in community and relationship with you, and even the um, effectiveness here in this city that they need to grow and to root down and to be, um, be good representatives of you and your kingdom. Would you be with us now as we take care of ministry details? And uh, thank you for this team. Bless us, Lord, we ask as we move forward as a church. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Break, gang. Thanks for coming.